0: Welcome to Fresh Off the Boat. Uh, today, I'm delighted to be interviewing Vedika Halalka. Uh, she graduated from Grinnell College with an economics major and a global development studies major. So that's uh, fantastic. In 2018, she was a student at the Ram School in Aravalli, mm-hmm. uh, as in the Aravalli campus in Gurgaon. Prior to that, and uh, it'll be just fascinating just learning about your early sort of uh, life at Grinnell College in Iowa. What people say, middle of nowhere. <laughs> definitely.
1: But definitely. I, I've
0: been there for a week. I stayed there for the international. Oh, really? <laughs> yes, I spent a, a whole week and survived. And I loved oh, it, loved the people. It. So uh, yeah, I'd love to know more. And uh, so how was it like, when you first moved from Gurgaon to Iowa? <laughs> uh,
1: well, well, first of all, thank you for having me. Uh, this is a really cool opportunity. Uh, especially for students trying to find out more about college. So, to be very honest, when I look back on it, I don't think that I was very methodical about my selection process. I knew what I wanted, but I wasn't sure what I didn't want. And so, I don't think I expected what I found when I finally got to Grinnell because you know it had the liberal arts and the social justice values um, and a small campus. Those things I knew I wanted, but. I still remember very clearly the first evening we got there. The international students have an orientation program that's before the NSO, which is when the entire first year, you know, all the American kids get there. So it's about three, four days before they get there to do the whole culture shock thing and go through your like social security card process, all of the little details. And so the town was still well. The town in general is pretty empty, but uh, the campus was really quiet. And my parents had come to drop me, and we were walking down the street towards my dorm, and for like seven, eight minutes, I saw no one. like there was no one on the streets. I couldn't hear any sounds and it was it was wigging me out because you know I mean I, I live I grew up in Bombay and then I lived in Gurgaon for 10 years after that. and I've never been in any place a time that is so quiet. And I remember the first couple of weeks, even when I was trying to sleep, it was so quiet that it, it was just really hard for me to go to sleep until I got used to that. So a little bit of the isolation and the lack of people and noise and stimulus that we're used to was it took some time getting used to but all of the things that really weirded me out when I got there um, stayed with me for those four years and so if there was ever a time to get stuck in the middle of nowhere, it would be those four years in Grinnell, for sure.
0: Uh, maybe the flip side is that you ended up doing uh, two majors in that quiet <laughs> <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'd love to know more about academics at a small liberal arts college, and particularly at Grinnell. What kind of support did you get? Did you go decided with economics and global development studies? Not many people think about that. Yeah. Uh, and how did it all pan out?
1: Well, so, um, sorry, I should clarify. I had a concentration in global development okay, studies, sure. not a major because that major wasn't there yet, which okay. I'm really sad about, but, uh, yeah. So even in the 11th and 12th, I did economics and, uh, to be very honest, both my parents work in the corporate sector. So that was something I was primed for just a little bit. Uh, and my mom is an investment banker and that was always something that I saw myself doing. So I did think that I wanted to do economics and I took an intro class my first year, but. Um, so in general, academics at a college like Janelle is pretty rigorous. I mean, it's like a very nerdy campus, actually. And it's something the student body almost prides itself on. But people really do care about the classes and, you know, like very often, just as often as you talk to your friends about a lot of fun things, you get into really heated discussions about the things you're doing in class, which I had never had until I got there. So even just knowing how to talk about things in a certain way, I mean, it. It was really refreshing to see students really, really passionate about what they were doing. I think that was something that I learned while I was there. But uh, So I went into it knowing that I wanted to do economics, although in hindsight, I wish I had been a little more open-minded, because they definitely do encourage you not to go in deciding and kind of at least your first year, just take a lot of intro courses and see what appeals to you. Even then, I I mean, a part of me was interested in social justice, which is why I started taking intro to global development studies. And I had an amazing professor. I mean, he was just he was like, a little eccentric. But the way he talked about these things, he really kind of woke you up and made you feel like this is something you need to take notice of and Care more about and I mean I think that was in my DNA anyway so I really wish that they had a major at that point I think now you can kind of make your own major around uh, global development if you want but I didn't know that yet so if that was an option I would have definitely majored in it but with economics it seemed like a good way of of marrying the two because at least as far as looking for a job after Grinnell was concerned it seemed like um, a lot of CSR and foundations do some good work and so Economics would have been a way to work our GDS. But I, I mean, if I'd gone back now, I think I would have liked to do maybe major in psychology and theater, uh, which I did a lot of. Like, I took a lot of classes in that and in philosophy. So, the things I enjoyed doing, but I didn't major in them, you know.
0: Super. So, uh, and yeah, we'll get to know more about uh, your interest in uh, film, uh, even writing, and your current sort of path to explore <laughs> the creative uh, industry. Uh, mm-hmm. And obviously, it is interesting that you had a family disposition to think of, to chalk out your career and plan your academic life accordingly. Uh, And then you graduated and then worked in Unilever, also interned in McKinsey. Mm -hmm. A lot of those experiences would have helped you validate what you wanted to do or not do. But again, we'll come to that later. Before Mm -hmm. that, what were the extracurricular activities like, like theater and other things that sort of really made you feel part of that community and you started contributing to uh, student life and campus life in general
1: okay so um in terms of the groups that i was a part of i was a part of the international student organization which is pretty which is i think the second largest group on campus and it's a small campus but uh I mean, what really makes Grinnell special is definitely the bonds you form there because it's such a small place and there's so little to do outside that your life really revolves around, you know, your classes and your friends. And it's it's quite special. So as far as the international student organization was concerned, you really become friends with even the senior international students. They kind of support you and mentor you and show you around and take you to all the fun parties and all of that. But uh, we used to do some really interesting cultural events. I mean, we used to have something called the food bazaar every year where... Um, everyone that wanted to volunteer, you kind of had a team member and in this giant hall, you would make like a vat of whatever cultural dish or like, it could be from your country. It could be from wherever. And then people from the town and all of your friends and everyone in the college, you have to come and get tickets and kind of sample all of the food. And so there was a lot of events like that. Um, and I went on to be in part of the cabinet. I was the social coordinator for the international student organization. So we did a lot of planning of events. Um, I was a senator, which is an elected position, and so, you know, a, a student government where the it, where your dormitory is, it's like divided into different regions and they elect you and you're supposed to represent student interests, have, you know, town halls if they have any questions or concerns, kind of answer general things about what kind of groups you want to form, what to do if you need to form them. So I was a senator two years, um, my second year and my fourth year, and... It was, it was really nice because you got to have a say in a lot of the administrative questions that students had, um, you know, like different things. Like like there was a sexual health center that um, the college wanted to defund for a while, but students felt like it was really important to them. And you could kind of represent your residence views and stuff like that. And, um, and the more fun things were like you got $5 for every student in your region, and you get to have like a huge, Like you get to spend it on them in whichever way you want it. So like one spring on a really nice day, we got a lot of food and an ice cream truck, and just had a really good time. So
0: (laughs) fascinating. (laughs) Um, So again, you were always uh, interacting, and you know, uh, very people-facing, I would say, and not yeah. the person on the spreadsheets on sort a of finance and economics No, that's,
1: that's not me. And I mean, even in school, I did that. Like, I was on the whatever, the, the Junior Student Council. And I did Model UN and all of that. But I also did, um, I was on the varsity track team. I mean, I was, I've was. i been an athlete through school also. So I was a sprinter. I did the 100 and 200 meters. And honestly, I don't think I've ever had to work as hard as I had to in college. I mean, they take it really seriously. So three, two and two and a half, three hours of practice, lifting your diet, going for runs, it was exhausting. So I didn't do it for too long, but it was an experience. I mean, you know, you you make good friends with the team and you go for all of these uh, tournaments and get on the bus and all of that. Uh,
0: So it's surprising, like in one, you know, your opening remark about Grinnell was that it's so quiet. I don't know what (laughs) I'll be doing there. And now you seem to be this busy bee person trying, you know, trying to pack in 26 hours in a 24 hour day. Definitely. (laughs)
1: Especially because I did theater all four years. And when you're working on a play, you have three and a half hours of rehearsal every single day from Sunday to Thursday. So especially the years I was doing track and theater, like after class, which gets over till about four. You have practice from 4.30 to 6.30. You go um, shower, eat dinner. And then you have practice, theater practice from 7.00 to 10.30. And then you need to try and get in whatever you can do in terms of your classes, which, which should really be a priority. But.
0: Yeah, I'd love to know more about that, because that's the second part of your journey, your interest in film and the stint at, in Hollywood last year, uh, which I heard about and when you visited our office. <laughs> so that is fantastic. <laughs> so theater in a liberal arts college in a country which probably doesn't know much about, uh, say, other cultures, as such. Yeah,
1: that's fair. <laughs>
0: so, how would you get roles uh, which maybe were dominated because of you know certain biases? Maybe a director would have, or a student who's organizing would have.
1: Um. So I did theater for my four years, even in school, from the. 9th to the 12th so that was always something I enjoyed doing but it was very much a passion like I did if you'd asked me in School or even in college Would you find would you try and find a career in this field? I would have been like no way So I don't know how that happened, but we can talk about that later um, So the thing is when I first got there I mean I was I had a great time and I was very busy because we've kind of discussed that but it took me a, a Couple of weeks or months to get there and so I think I was a little homesick, which I hadn't expected But theater is a really good way of meeting people, and in my experience, I found you know theater kids to be really supportive and really fun. Um, It's just kind of the vibe in on stage and kind of in the practice sessions. So that was something that. So I think the first year that we got, the first week that we got there, they were having auditions for a play, and I was kind of like, okay, this is something that'll maybe help me meet more people and stuff. And that's how I started doing that there. And then I made a lot of friends. in the theater community. And it was kind of something I just knew I wanted to do. So I kept going in for auditions every semester. And so I did a play literally every semester there. And honestly, I mean, Grinnell is maybe a little atypical because it is a very liberal community. And there's kids from all over the world and America. So I didn't face too much bias. I mean yes, there was definitely certain plays where you know if it's a play based in Ireland in the 1940s the lead is not going to be a brown girl. But that's something that you kind of need to make your peace with. I mean even now, you know, if you're auditioning for a role and if it's for someone who has lived in like rural India and speaks with a strong dialect, you I might not I might not work for that role unless I work really hard on that dialect. Um so that was there but other than for that, I think, I mean, I mean I still did two plays based in Ireland during the potato famine. It wasn't in the lead role, which I understood. No. Um, but yeah, I didn't face that too much in terms of bias. And then especially, uh, so we had the theater professors as directors for most main stage productions. So they get all of the funding and a lot of the spotlight and all of that. But then some of my favorite performances were run by students. So there was, um, she was she's an Indian American, Sophia, and she did this fantastic play. Or elephants um, in the graveyard, and so a lot of the really edgy stuff. It doesn't matter where you're from and what you look like.
0: Fantastic. You know, talking about Grinnell and the fact that not many people know that it has such a high endowment per capita, and one
1: of the highest uh, in the country. Yeah.
0: And on the ground, how does it really translate into resources that are available to students, not just international, but any student?
1: So uh, Grinnell is need-based, need-blind, I mean. Uh, So if you do apply, how much need, how much financial assistance you require doesn't go into whether or not they accept you, which is really nice. And so a lot of the students, um, I mean, I don't know statistically where it falls anymore, but I do know that compared to other schools also, a really, really high proportion of students get financial assistance um, and almost entirely all of the assistance that they ask for. And then just in terms of facilities on campus, I mean, whether it comes to the athletic center and the pools or the classrooms and the spaces, everything was really kind of, I don't know, as good as it gets. I mean, we never felt anything lacking. And in terms of like, for example, being an economics graduate, we had a bunch of women in economics conferences where they would take you and put you up um, in you know different cities around the country and you would get to meet all kinds of people. if you're looking for a job in your fourth year and you get an interview, you can ask for assistance and they'll give you money to buy appropriate clothing if you might not have the funds to do that, fly you there, put you up, um, you know run you through how to give the best interview you can, fly you back or if, so, for example, I was always interested in social justice, and along with so I interned with McKinsey and Vogue, Condé but I also interned with Save the Children, which is um, you know a really big nonprofit. But they couldn't pay me, so I could still do the internship because Grinnell paid me. Because I, I mean, I had to fill an application and go through an interview, but they essentially fund your internship if you want to do an internship that won't pay you. So little things like that, you know.
0: Yeah. So that's uh, it's so good to know. It, I think, uh, uh, but if you look at the current situation where universities and even students are so confused and we don't have uh, sort of a clear idea of uh, how things will pan out for students going back to school in the fall, and how universities are perhaps impacted uh, or colleges are impacted with uh, the financial drain of the resources that they've had to sort of budget for. Uh, What do you think is the future of higher ed have you have you thought about it? Like if you were to go back,
1: <laughs> I don't know. The thing yeah. is, you know, even with financial assistance, colleges in the US are very expensive, and a big part of going there, along with the education, is the experience. You know, meeting people, being on campus, and so I think it is really unfortunate. If I mean, no one knows how long this is going to go on for, and so if colleges continue to have online classes, I mean, I've spoken to some students that are still. Um, in college, and a lot of them have talked about taking a gap semester where you do something else and then you kind of go back to campus when there is a campus to go back to. And that makes some sense to me. I don't know if that's the decision I would have taken, but I, I think that makes sense because experience is really important. And, um, you know, I mean, I've been thinking a little bit about studying again in the future, but I don't know that I want to start applying until I know that I can go and be on campus because that's a really important part of it. So. Great.
0: I'm going to switch gears now and ask you rapid-fire questions. Okay. Uh, the, first, the first one is related to the COVID era we are in. In the last two months of lockdown, quarantine, and all of that, what are the reflections you've had? What are the things that you realized about yourself? Or what changes would you like to make?
1: <laughs> So I think one thing that I have realized that I want to hold myself accountable for is, so there's a lot of things that I enjoy and like doing. But in my day-to-day life, I was always like, oh, I'm, I'm auditioning from you know, 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. I don't have time to do a lot of the other things. Um, <laughs> but then after the first few weeks, I, I procrastinate a lot. So I, especially in the last month, have gotten a lot better about it, kind of um, making sure, like, 2 to 5, I definitely try and do something productive, whatever that may be. Um, other than that, I actually made a short film about this. but. I really think that uh, I've had time, I mean, you kind of cherish the conversations that you're having with people so much more because you aren't allowed to have them as easily. And so I haven't met any of my friends, but um, a colleague of my mom's, her business partner, and then a friend of hers from school who have been socially distancing have come to our house a couple of times and just sitting and talking to them after a meal, you know, has just felt so good. I mean, we've talked about so many things from fantasy and science fiction to where the human race is going to go. I mean, I just feel like I didn't have those kind of conversations as often before this. And the short film I made was called Project Higgy, which is a Danish concept, which is to really kind of intentionally try and focus on enjoying the moment that you're in, um, which is something. So, so i had people send in small videos from around the world of them doing something that they feel good doing and not necessarily wondering about whether it's productive or the right thing to be doing with that time. So yeah, I why, guess.
0: Why is it called Project Higgi? Higgi, the word is? Higgi.
1: So I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I don't think <laughs> okay. it is Higgi. Uh, it's a Danish word which literally means, I mean, this, so it means like coziness, living in the moment, um, trying to make the most of what is in front of you, trying to really intentionally have a good time. So whether that's like a meal with the people you love or, reading a book under a blanket. It can mean so many things.
0: So being authentic and having yeah. this conversation for that matter. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thanks. So uh, uh, in fact, you've answered part of my second question, which was like, which are the three words that describe your strengths, but kind of deduced from what you just said. But if you were to uh, you know, talk about this, what mm-hmm. would you say?
1: <laughs> um, okay. I would say communication because that's what I'm drawn to and what I really enjoy. Like, you know, this conversation, I really enjoy it and and making a video which I think communicates a certain idea. The other two, <laughs> I think I am intuitive. Um, and kind that kind of ties into communication, you know, kind of figuring out what the other person wants from me and and having a yeah, somewhere we can meet in the middle. Um, the third one articulate. <laughs> I know okay. that. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense, makes
0: <laughs> sense for sure. Uh, okay, now let's let's actually talk about your uh, uh, always, uh, not latent, but always burning interest in uh, the creative side, acting, writing, uh, communicating. Uh, tell us a little bit about your journey and your interest in film, the film industry. What have you done so far? And okay. how are you upskilling to sort of... Uh, Sort of go to where you want to go to.
1: Okay, so what you said initially, I mean, it was definitely latent. I've always been interested in, you know, things relating to communication and acting, but it was a passion. I would never have um, thought that this is something I want to make a career in, and maybe that's also because I'm quite a risk-averse person, or at least I was until I, I decided to be an actor. But um, and this is a very unstable sector, but. So I did theater in school for four years. I did it through college for four years purely because I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun to put on a different persona, um, have the spotlight on you. I mean, you know, whether it's leadership positions or theater, that's something I've enjoyed. Um, and writing. I, so I, I, was, I was a bookworm. I've always read a lot. Uh, I got that from my mom. And um, I mean, she she, it, she studied English. And that's something I thought I wanted to do for the longest time. I mean, when I was in the fourth and fifth grade, I think I tried to write my first novel. So these are things that I've always um, enjoyed doing, but purely as a hobby. And then definitely as I got older, I mean, I wasn't writing as much anymore. And then um, I graduated. I was working at the Hindustan Unilever Foundation, where I actually wrote a book for them which is kind of what started this phase of my life, I think. So in the book, uh, so we worked in water conservation and I got to travel around the country and interview a lot of women in rural India who work in water conservation because we figured that women were a really big lever to (coughs) work on water issues. Um, because farmers use the most water in India and a lot of the farmers in India are women, but people don't know that. So I got to interview them and the book consists of first person narratives um, of a lot of these women across the country. And then I tried to turn that with the help of um, you know my superior into a script. And then around the same time, I was meeting a few people who were working in the film industry. And I don't know, one thing led to another and it kind of like, I, Like I started thinking maybe I want to act, but I very much repressed the idea because I was like, what are you thinking? This is crazy. And then, I don't know if you're gonna believe me. I I know it sounds insane, but I swear, um, 2017, 31st December, like whatever, or 2019, 1st Jan. I actually had a dream that night where I was working on a set uh, of a film and the the main actress she fell off a cliff <laughs> so I had to step in and take on her role and it's so insane because I woke up and and so the few weeks before that is I I'd started kind of talking to my parents but very much like this is an insane idea I'm having but it's an insane idea and then I woke up the next morning and I was like I think I have to do this and um <laughs> I don't know then one thing led to another I was in Bombay for some work and I thought I'd start just kind of Um, setting a foundation and talking to people in the industry and I happened to meet someone who put me in touch with a director, um, Intiaz Ali who was working on the casting for his film and then he told me about auditions happening in Delhi because the film was being shot in Delhi and I did a round of auditions and I got the role which was also like I, I don't know, it seemed very miraculous I didn't expect for that to happen I hadn't even really decided but then once I got the role I was like Maybe this means something. Um, and then after that got over, I decided I would work for a finish off a year at the foundation and then um, really try and at least, if not nothing else, give a couple of years to see where this takes me. So I started doing a lot of research, talking to a lot of people. Uh, my, I moved to Bombay in November after I'd finished a year with the foundation. Um, and a book got published, which was pretty cool. And it's already become a short film. But yeah. Um, so, and then the movie came out Feb 14th, and I think really, the middle of Jan is when I started probably uh, going out for auditions and stuff. So it's been stressful, I mean, the part of me that's risk averse definitely still questions what I'm doing. But honestly, at the same time, I feel like I made the right decision, you know, like there was a lot of uncertainty, but right now I really feel like I am doing what I, or like I am where I want to be. So. um yeah, to answer the second part really quickly, I'm doing some voice acting. I acted in the film. Um, I've done two or three TVC commercials. I'm right. Now, I'm just spending my time auditioning. I've made a few short films. Um, I've done a few writing projects, and I've worked on a podcast with a production house called Jabwe Sex, which is about sex and sexuality in India. So for that, just research and stuff like that.
0: So you pretty much embraced uncertainty <laughs> despite being risk averse as such. Yeah. So uh, you know, I think. I would like to end with uh, something as an advice that advice that you would want to share again from someone who's done it all <laughs> so what if, how do you uh, explain or rather advise people who are trying to figure all the chaos that we see around us or the uncertainty that's affecting them kids who can't go back to college, people who've lost their jobs. Uh, From your life experiences, I'm sure there have been embarrassments, failures, mistakes along the way. (laughs) Yeah, maybe hearing your stories would be useful there. So let's end with that.
1: (laughs) Okay, that's a tough one. I really don't know that I'm in a position to give anyone gyan, but I guess... one thing is listen to your gut I know that sounds so cliched but when I was really really confused I think sticking it out with this niggling feeling that this is something I want to try makes me feel good now and what helped with that and which kind of what you talked about all of the uncertainty now is talking to people I mean there's so many things that you might be interested in and want to know more about and one of the best ways to do that is just reaching out to people and I found that people are so receptive and helpful. I mean, even if it's like a distant friend of my parents' or someone that I've met at a conference or whatever it is, if they're doing something that you have a question about or you think you might enjoy, or you really don't know what you want to do, kind of think of four or five things or four or five people who are doing things that interest you and just call them up and kind of talk to them about what they do. And I think that gives you a lot of um, clarity or you know, sense
0: thank you vedika for insights and being so honestly sort of clear about your life's journey and sharing it with all of us i'd love to invite you to a panel there are so many uh, keywords that come to my mind when i look back <laughs> at the conversation it would be film theater economics social impact writing all kinds of things so it's a pleasure to have you back thank Great. you again.
1: thank you so much for having.